Philadelphia Union, San Jose Earth, DC United, Los Angeles Galaxy, Colorado Rapids, Vancouver Whitecaps, Orlando City SC, Montreal Impact, NYC FC, Seattle Sounders. Pitch Pass, your all-access credential to the people that matter in MLS. Here's your host, Greg Roach. Oh, I know. It's been a minute, but we're back with a fresh episode of Pitch Pass. I do episodes when things happen that are interesting to me. And Griffin Yao's season and his career thus far, fascinating to me. To the point that I wanted to do an episode of Pitch Pass. And I wanted to feature the first of the latest wave of homegrown signings for DC United, Griffin Yao. He joins us now on Pitch Pass. Griffin, how are you, man? I am great. It's great to speak with you again. It is really good to speak with you again as well. Uh, and I, this is why I wanted to speak with you specifically, because it's been a minute since we talked, and I kind of wanted to set, catch up and see how how is Griff doing? How is Griff doing? Definitely. Definitely. I Griff is, Griff is doing great. Griff is doing well. I like how you easily shifted into third person very nicely. That is well done, Griffin. <laughs> I was told that, because uh, we, we tried to put this together a couple of times, and, and, and you weren't able to do it because you had class. Um, yes. I thought becoming a professional soccer player meant no more class. So what are these classes that we're, we're talking about here? I wish. Yeah, actually, I'm still in high school classes. I mean, I'm not going, obviously, into any type of school, but I'm just doing online school. So I have been, I dropped, I did one year at Centerville High School as a freshman, the the high school that's, you know, right by my house. And I then signed probably, you know, during that summer of my freshman year. So I had three years, sophomore, junior, and senior, I didn't even do. I just did online, and I have been doing online since then. And I'm actually about to be done. I'll be done uh, probably in the end of August. Uh, you, and you say done, you mean like senior year done? Yeah, yes, sir. I'll be graduated. Oh, well, where are you going for beach week? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. End Virtual, of August, Virtual too. Beach I think week. we have a trip to New England, so maybe Beach Week in Foxborough. <laughs> I'm not sure. Exactly. Exactly. Is it, uh, is it online classes through Centerville High, or is this just an online tutorial? No. Yeah, it's actually a program through DC United. The two other homegrowns, also, actually three other homegrowns. We all, we all do it. When... So it's called, thir- it's called K twelve. Th- well, and I hope you guys don't goof off in class while you're all sitting together. <laughs> the class we actually never get to do. There's actually no real class time. Honestly, it's it's completely you know on your own time. So there's material that you have to you know go over and read and and understand, but it's completely on your own time. And then there's quizzes and tests and assignments that you have to complete, but also on your own time. There's no you know, you get on for a live class. It's just, you know, you do it whenever. Now that's, I kind of, I want to ask you a follow-up to that. But first, 30 years from now, when you and your your friends, your family, your loved ones are talking about uh, high schools, Will you say that you were you are from Centerville High, or will you go? Uh, would you get into the whole nuts oh, and bolts, sure. or will you just go? You know what? I went to Centerville High. Let's leave it at that. Yeah, I'll definitely say you know Centerville High because all my you know friends 
growing up that I went to middle school and elementary school with, went to Centerville High and, you know, that I still talk to. And I, you know, was visiting and, you know, going to all the all the games, graduation parties. So, you know, I felt, you know, still connected to all those people, you know, in a way. So definitely I'll say just Centerville High. What's the name of the mascot for Centerville High? This will be the decider. The Wildcats. Okay. All right. So you can say go Wildcats. So just, just wanted to make sure. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Now, so let me ask you a question because uh, we're 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 in COVID times, and a lot of the a lot of the kids. I'm throwing your peers in as the kids. A lot of the kids kind of had to do something similar to what you've been doing for the last three years. Uh, did you, t- in talking with your friends, go, "Yeah, bro, this is uh, that's welcome to my world. This is what I've been doing." Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, they, they just, they, and I, and I saw on social media, you know, they were posting and, you know, going, Oh, this is so difficult. You know, this is the worst. This is blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, you know, this is, this has literally been my life. Like exactly what you said. Like you have no idea. Also, also uh, throw in a full-time job as well. So I've been doing that and then also working. <laughs> exactly. So, did you have any tips or advice for like your your friends who who were kind of doing the the work from home, the stay at home schooling? Mm-hmm. Well, they 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 all had different programs. Theirs was through Centerville High, so theirs was you know they would hop on class, they would do all of these. You know, it was completely different. So, yeah. So yeah. So and and also they had to show up at an appointed time, whereas you you had a little more fluid situation yeah. based on your practice schedule. Exactly. Exactly. Well, which honestly made mine, you know, a lot more difficult because it's just, you know, first off, there's a lot less time to do the work. Right. And two, when there is time, you're not really, you know, feeling like doing it. You know, you come home after a long, you know, away trip, you know, you come home late at night, you don't really feel like doing a test. (laughs) Yeah. And I would imagine it's difficult to even fall into the habit of, because I think like part of me was going to say, well, you... You do have a lot of downtime, especially on road trips. But then, like, first of all, there is the factor of you need to get yourself mentally prepared for your job, which is playing in that match. So then the oh, response exactly. would be, okay, well, what about on the on the on the plane ride home? Which then would be, yeah, but I just played a match and I'm kind of trying to recharge yeah. my mental battery from that. Especially, you know, if you if you've lost, you know, you don't mm. really feel like going you just feel like going to sleep. Or you feel like just Putting on your headphones and not talking. You know, sometimes, you know, if you win, you're like, you know, maybe I'll, you know, do a couple, couple assignments. But, you know, if you lose, it's just like, or most times, like you said, you're just tired. <laughs> There's a couple of things that I want to get into it with you, and a lot of them are soccer related. But we started on this path, and and I want to kind of use this as a jump off point to get to the next thing, which is you kind of being the first of the next wave of uh homegrown signees you know everybody knows about bill and andy and then there was chris uh in there for a little bit but even he was a was a little bit separated so it was like the two of those guys couple of guys chris and then a little bit of a break and now the next wave which which you were the first person to to walk through that door first of all what what 
if any pressure or expectations or kind of things did you put on your shoulders as being, okay, well, the next generation is starting and it's starting with me? Yeah, I mean, I honestly, when I was going into it, I definitely, I didn't imagine, you know, that this many homegrowns would come, you know, this soon for sure. But I definitely thought, you know, the names that did get signed, you know, I expected those guys to be signed in a way. You know, they all kind, they all kind of came, you know, super quick. You know, over these these next three years or these past three years, you know, they all kind of happened pretty quick. But all the guys that did get signed didn't surprise me at all. I mean, they're all they were all so quality in the academy when I was playing with them. So, you know, that wasn't a surprise at all. But um, like you said, to be the first of that, you know, quick wave that came, it, I, did, I did honestly put a lot of pressure on myself because there wasn't, you know, like you said, Durkin was in and then he was out. And I was in for probably, you know, Durkin's last half a year, I'd say. So I saw him and, you know, what he was kind of going through and, you know, what his last, you know, couple months looked like. And it wasn't, I don't want to say it wasn't pretty. I mean, obviously the whole club loved him. He just wasn't, you know, he was, he's happier there now right. is a good way to put it. Yeah. And I think, uh, so I saw, Oh, go, no, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. So I, I kind of saw how, you know, that looked and it kind of, you know, it didn't, it didn't scare me, but it was just kind of like, you know, I want my path to be different in a way I want, you know, I want to, you know, make a huge impact. I want to, you know, be able to continue at, at DC United, not have to, you know, maybe go on loan, but, you know, really make an impact here, make a huge name for myself. And, you know, so I put, you know, that kind of weight on my shoulders and, you know, also the pressure of just, you know, being the only homegrown at the time as well, you know, Donovan Pines came, but he was still right a bit older than me. You know, I was 16 at the time and I think he was in his 20s. So it was still, you know, I didn't have all these guys that I have now, you know, Moses, Jacob, Kevin, all these guys to, you know, relate to as much. It was kind of just, you know, me day in, day out. So there were a lot of, you know, pressures, stresses, you know, all, all that type of stuff that, you know, I definitely don't feel now at, at all in any type of way. One, because obviously I've, you know, played for, you know, this is my third year, but also bigger part, you know, I'm surrounded by Moses, Kevin, and Jacob. Right. It's um, it's interesting, you know, and I, I, I appreciate you being respectful about the end of Chris's time. That's his experience. That's his own personal experience. Uh, it wasn't yeah. you to to kind of judge, but you did have to look at Chris's experience and go, well, this is the only guy who's even in the ballpark of a comparable experience to mine. And exactly. it doesn't seem yeah, like relatable. it's going the way that he wants it to go. So it's a, it yeah. was a big leap of faith for you to then say, I'm going to then sign like he signed. Yeah, it, it, it was, you know, and that were, that was something that, you know, I can't lie. I was thinking about at the time of signing, you know, I was, I was considering, you know, Durkin's past because he had been signed, you know, for a couple of years when I was, you know, being offered a contract. And, you know, that was, you know, something obviously I was considering, like you said, and it was, uh, you know, I, I obviously took the leap of faith just to, you know, count on myself, basically. And, you know, I, I think it's working out. And that's why I always kind of give you 
credit. I'm not saying more credit, but I always give you credit uh, when the conversation comes up about the three and now four of of the young homegrowns because Kevin signing and Moses signing and then Jacob signing all could say, well, they did right by Griff, so this is okay. I can, I can do this. You didn't you didn't have yeah. that when when you were ready to sign. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I would think uh, the the differences, and I don't know if this gave you comfort or is this conversations that you had with your family before you signed. To me, I could look at Durkin's experiences and go, yep, didn't didn't look like it worked out the way that he wanted it to. But in the three years that he signed, so now I've got a contract in front of me, D.C. United as a club, not the first team, looks completely different. He had to go to Richmond and, and play. He had to rely on Absolutely. any national team exactly. call-ups to, to get his playing time. There, the plan, I, w- I guess what I'm trying to say, is completely different for you and the guys behind you at, than it was for Chris. For sure. The pathway is now, you know, we've got Loudon. You right. know, we've got, you know, when you don't have minutes here, you can go down to Loudon and get minutes. We've got, you know, there's a pathway that's that's set up, like you said, that that's for us that was not around at all when he was playing. You know, not not whatsoever. It was kind of, you know, they would just they would just kind of toss him anywhere. You know, he'd be down at Richmond getting minutes. He'd be back up here. You know, I could I, I spoke to him. It was you know it was not fun for him at times. You know, and that's not a, it's not, and this isn't turning into the, the Durkin podcast, but it's not a situation where, it's not an ideal situation because, you know, yes, Loudon is a better uh, experience because it's under the DC United umbrella, but also it's close. Like you being in the Centerville area, yeah. it's no hardship for you to get to Loudon, then back to home, and no. then the next day practice with the first team if that's what you were going to do in DC. Whereas Chris was having to go, hey, it's two and a half hours in traffic to Richmond, and then I got to drive yeah. X amount of time back. The whole Loudon experience, to make it more of a question for Griffin than a conversation about Chris Durkin, the whole, the whole experience for you is much more fluid because because everything is local. Yeah, Loudon is, you know, even closer to me than DC. So you hit it. When when did they did you realize okay, this this is this worked out the 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 roll of the dice that I I did came up the number that I needed to come up with. When did they put into place like the schooling system? Uh I'm trying to remember the timeline, but how long afterwards did, was did Kevin sign? What was the situation and how long into your pro career did you go this was the right decision. Thank God I, I made it, and I'm glad that I did. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously I wouldn't even like to say, you know, that I've made it because I have, you know, so much so much more and so much, so, yeah, just so much more that I want to accomplish, you know, so, uh, so much higher of a ceiling that I want to get to, you know, and so I would say that you know I'm not even I'm not even close to done or or making it. But I think I started to you know realize that it was a good decision when you know I think the my teammates you know really kind of implemented that for me because I there was a point after my first year my first year I was just you know getting comfortable with mm-hmm. you know getting to know my team getting to know the league getting to know everything. And, you know, my second year, I felt a, a big shift in the way that my team, you know, was towards me, felt about me. And, uh, you know, I, I came in, they just felt a lot more comfortable with me, you know, immediately that preseason. 
and you know they were talking to me you know giving me advice giving me pointers you know you know bring, really bringing me in and that made things a lot more comfortable for me you know on the field as well because you know at the time you know and no no uh you know just to Ben at all but he was you know focusing on a lot of the you know he's focusing on winning games right you know? so he's focusing on those bigger players and I didn't really have you know him to you know be constantly you know do this do this blah 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 so I had my teammates you know really step in and do that and you know that second year I felt like I really made a lot of progress because of that and you know I started to kind of that that's kind of when I got that feeling I'm not going to ask you how much having the other guys on the team helped. I'm sure having peers was fantastic. But I, I also assume that having those guys with you also pushed the other guys on the team past the, hey, he's the little brother of the team and more of a, sure. okay, these these guys are a group of guys on the team. who Just like the, the Latino guys hang out together, the, the older guys hang out together, you guys have a group that hang out together, and that makes it easier to talk with everybody else on the team. Exactly, exactly. You know, it was kind of, you know, we are, you know, the young guys, but it's not really, you know, that we kind of leave it at that, just the young guys. You know, we still, you know, we're still competing for a spot. We're still competing for a minute just like all the other guys. And I definitely feel like since, you know, they have come, it has shifted, you know, towards that. I feel, you know, my personal opinion, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but when it was just me, it was kind of, you know, I was looked at sort of as the little brother, you know, and I was obviously a, a lot younger than, you know, we all are now. I was, what, 16. But still, you know, I felt definitely felt that way. I want to ask you uh, the the transition from last year to this year, but I'm, I'm going to preface it by saying I love your game and I love your, I love your swag and I always felt like you had that that bit of an edge, that bit of a swag to your game. It seems more pronounced uh, this year, and I, that's got to come from you just being more comfortable every year. I assume you get a little more and more comfortable. However, the transition from last year to this year would be a situation where any player would go, okay, I need to prove myself to a new coach I, I I need to be a little more uncomfortable, which is not the best environment all, for most people to show how how what they can bring to the table. What was your mindset coming out of last year, and the kind of and your performances last year, going into the off season, knowing that there was going to be some upheaval, and trying to bring a mindset of I need to show my best for whatever comes the neck in the next chapter, without even knowing what's the next chapter is going to be. Yeah, I think. I think for sure it was, you know, a combination of, you know, wanting to, you know, not, actually not a combination. I think I just kind of came in with wanting to prove myself, like you said, you know, wanting to, you know, new coach, new start, you know, I got to prove myself. And, you know, I, I really felt good, you know, a good spirit going into the season because it felt like almost like a fresh start, you know, just like, you know, I the, the coach had no, you know, past, uh, about the team, you know, he had no, you know, past knowledge. Obviously, he can watch film and you know get information from the coaches, but he has no experience with our team. So he's he's new. He's you know going to be looking at us like we're a new team. You know, picking new faces, no matter what happens. You know, not not judging because you know this player did this in the past for me. This player did this. It's a it's a new system, new coach. 
you know, he's going to pick whoever he likes, whoever he thinks is good. So I came in with that mindset and I, you know, still have that mindset. And, uh, you know, it was, and I think to, to comment about the swagger and the, you know, that, that, that part, I think that's, you know, definitely has to do with me being comfortable for sure. That's probably the biggest part, you know, just having two years under my belt, knowing that I can play, knowing that I can, you know, do what I do, which is, you know, have that magic, have that kind of swagger, have that spark. And, you know, whether that's skill or speed or, you know, getting in behind, just doing whatever, you know, that may be. And also having that, you know, that feeling from, from my coach that I feel like I really haven't had before. You know, he promotes me to take players on. He promotes, obviously, in the right areas. But, you know, he promotes when I get a 1v1. If I mess it up, if I get stuffed, if I get strapped, it doesn't matter. You know, he says move on because the next one I'll burn the guy. The next one I'll cut him up. And, you know, he continues to promote that for me. And, you know, which is what honestly got me to the national team, got me, you know, to DC United professional team, professional soccer player is, is having that spark and having that, you know, ability to, to do things like that. And so having a coach that promotes that and makes me feel comfortable to do that is huge. Before I talk about Capital Cup, which I, you know, let, let me start there. How much... <laughs> And I'm sure Hernan uh, talked to you about the minutes that you would play in this in this uh, tournament. How much were you chomping at the bit to get out there and ball during that tournament, based on the the limited minutes that you were able to show out in the first half of the season? Yeah, I was obviously I was, you know, exactly how you put it, chomping at the bit. I mean, I could not wait to get out there and. Just get minutes, honestly, just, you know, just play because that's the only way that I'm going to continue to to grow and succeed is to, you know, get minutes, get comfortable out there at that level, you know, playing, whether that's, you know, the the fitness aspect, the physical, the speed of play, you know, everything, you know, I got to get, I got to get comfortable and I got to get used to it. So, you know, those, that that was huge. I was, I was very happy with that. The way that in watching the matches, you know, it just your play to me screamed give me more minutes <laughs> yeah i mean i just it's I, i'm always hungry for minutes obviously i i'm always hungry for the ball i'm always hungry for you know the opportunity to play because i mean that's just the type type the the type of player that i am and the type of player that i've you know tried to be uh, earlier on probably i was you know a little bit more scared a little bit more you know like you said because of you know the whole aspect and the way things were i was definitely you know more timid you know way less confident than i am now and now i kind of just you know i'm i'm excited to play you know i can't wait to play so let's talk about the first half of the season um why, in your opinion, were your minutes limited? I think, honestly, just because the the the, the depth of the roster. I mean, the we had we had everyone. We had you know Paul. We had you know Adrian Perez. Mm-hmm. AP, you know, we had no we had no injuries at all, and we were you know fresh, and you know that was a. That was a, a roster, you know, coming right out of preseason that, you know, he thought, you know, was best. So, you know, that's that, that was our strongest roster. And, uh, and that was our startest, you know, strongest starting 11, I'd say. So, 
And uh, yeah, go ahead. There, this this question comes right to the next question. I would assume. Tell me if I'm wrong. You consider yourself a forward, which would put you in that front three rather than in the wing back setup. If you had your preference, I know if if Arnon comes to you and says, "I need you to play right wing back," you'd be like, "Yes, I want minutes." But if you had your preference, would you want to be one of those outside forwards in the front three? Yeah, I mean, I always prefer you know the the outside forward. But like you said, you know, wherever. I prefer honestly wherever you know Hernan prefers me, so that that would be that would be my best answer. But you know, if I had the ultimate choice, you know, I I love Ford because I I feel like I'm ultimately, you know, a great attacking player. I've got a nose for the goal. I feel like every time you know I get minutes, I get a goal. I I get some sort of you know opportunity to I either get a goal, create a goal, or something like that. So I really you know I've got a nose for the goal. And so I like to be as close to the goal as possible, which is obviously, you know, winger or, or you know, up the field. Does Hernan's uh, vision of what a outside back, be it a wing back, be it a full back, make it more attractive to you to to think about be, ha- having yourself in that position than say a more conservative version of an outside back? Oh, for sure. I mean, you can see. The way that you know we play, uh, you know this season, our, our wing backs are wingers. Right. You know we when they get up the field, especially you know obviously, you know different player, different playing style. You know you, you've got you know some of our, our wing backs are you know a little more defensive. Some of our wing backs are you know wingers, and you know we've got that versatility, and also we've got that you know we've got that versatility on our team, and we've also got it you know in the system, which is really good. So this was all leading up to this question, which is might be a difficult question for you to answer, but you know, in your your response to the your ideal position, it it kind of makes perfect sense when especially when you think of Julian Gressel, who, you know, is is one of the mainstays of the team and and has that right wing back position on lock. Was it difficult for you the first half of the season to to kind of see Kevin establish himself on the left side and and get some accolades while you biding your time and waiting for your opportunity to come and show what you could do as well. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it was, it definitely wasn't difficult. I mean, it was, I mean, it wasn't difficult because, you know, I love Kevin. I love to see him Mm -hmm. get minutes, get what honestly I believe he deserves, which is, you know, he's, he's an awesome player and you can see, you know, what he's already done this season. So it wasn't difficult in that aspect at all. I think it was difficult as far as like you said, just because I'm, I'm competitive and I, you know, one thing's for myself as well, you know, I want to get those minutes that he's getting. So I want, I wanted to play. So I think I, I kind of have to, you know, just keep, keep my head on my shoulders and, you know, keep grinding. And, you know, honestly, it's, 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 like I said, it's just difficult in that way, you know, for, for myself. But it, it makes it easy because it's Kevin to, to you know, because so you can root for him because obviously, you know, like I said, he deserves what he's getting, in my opinion. Erdogan is a, a young coach uh, recently wrapping up his play career. Um, it seems like a, a confident guy. What has he been telling you? Uh, in regards to the situation, especially now, you know, you mentioned the depth in the beginning of the season. In my head, I'm like, depth. I felt like they had a lot of injuries, but you're right, especially in the positions that you're looking to play, 
the the, yeah. the team was deep. That that depth's being tested now. What did Hernan say to you to keep you invested in the first half of the season? And what is he saying to you now? Where okay, Adrian's out for for months now. Julian cannot play every match, and Paul is still gone. So what is he saying to yeah. you to let you know, hey, you're still my guy? You know, he's saying the same thing that he said to me when we had all those players in, you know, he was, your minutes will come, you know, you're in the right spot. You're doing the right things. You're, you know, it just, just, you know, very, very positive and very, you know, uh, you know, reassuring that the minutes would come, you know, that, that, that I just need to, you know, like I said, keep my head on my shoulders, keep working hard. And, you know, it's, 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 he's not wrong. And you can see, you can see that he was not wrong because, like you said, now we've got, you know, AP out for, you know, how many months? We've got Russ injured. We've got, like you said, Julian can't play any every game. All these guys, you know, they can't play every game. Paul's out with, you know, Gold Cup and, you know, all these things. So, you know, the minutes will come. I just need to, you know, keep working, honestly. We've we've heard from uh, the older guys about, uh, especially preseason under the new coach, uh, and then, of course, the intensity of, of the expectation of, of fitness levels uh, from uh, Losada. You're a young guy, although this is an interesting question to ask you because this is your this would be your second um, professional coach that you've worked under. How has well, first of all, in your opinion, with those young legs, have these 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 sessions been as physically draining on you? as maybe some of the older guys who have more miles on their legs? Uh, yeah. I mean, I definitely see an increase, obviously, in, in his sessions. And, uh, you know, it, just the overall physical aspect, fitness and, you know, strength, weight room. And uh, so, yeah, I obviously am, am getting a lot more a lot more taxed than I was. But, you know, it's not – it's 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 nothing that's you know over the top. It's, right. it's controlled and it's just you know I I honestly love it because like I said I, I like the extra work I like to you know continue to grow and continue to do as much as I can so I I really enjoy it. Uh, I think honestly the whole team enjoys it. Obviously you know some of the older guys for sure are I wouldn't say struggling in any way but just yeah they 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 notice it too for sure the increase. Yeah, and I think look, we're coming off of a situation as as supporters and as as um, followers of MLS. We're literally coming off of a two week stretch where we've heard horror stories coming out of Atlanta, and you know, unnamed players who who have kind of been very vocal about the fact that that Heinz's uh, training sessions were beyond what would be considered normal or even intense sessions, which makes me, as I read this, appreciate Losada even more because it's we realize that he's doing intense sessions, but it it does, all the players are saying that they are bought in on it. And then, of course, we're seeing results in the field, which we weren't seeing in Atlanta. It's got to be a little comforting for you to read those stories coming out of Atlanta and going, okay, we, we ended up in a good situation with our new coach. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. I mean, you, you hit it right on the head. I mean, it's, and like I just said in my, in my last statement, it's hard work, but it's controlled. You know, everything they've, they've got the, the iPads out there constantly looking at the numbers, looking at, you know, making sure all of us are at the same level, you know, who did too much, who didn't do enough, 
getting extra runs at the end, you know, stopping early, you know, just things like that, that, you know, go the extra mile. That is just, you know, like I said, working hard, but controlled. Do you look at this scenario and I don't, I'm not asking you to speculate and I I don't want you looking too far in the future, but you are a professional player. Uh, I'm sure you have some sort of aspiration to play overseas at some point in your career, knowing that Losada has played overseas has coached overseas are these training sessions kind of like okay if this is how it is overseas this is a a great test run for me to see if I can handle it and then b now that we're halfway through our first season okay this is good I can handle this environment even if it's not just the training sessions but you know the nutrition program that you're on and the logging of what you're eating and when you're eating those are all things that could be looked at as things that could set you up for what you could see down the road in your career. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I obviously, I mean, I don't want to speak for the other homegrowns or uh, any other homegrown in the league, but I mean, I'm sure every, you know, young player has the aspiration to, you know, play in the Champions League, play over and reach, you know, the highest level in Europe. And, uh, you know, knowing that Hernan has, you know, played over there and experienced a lot of that, you know, I'm sure he implements you know, a ton of it into our everyday schedule, you know, and to, um, I, I would hope to say I've never, you know, obviously uh, been in a, you know, professional environment over in Europe, a uh, training session day in, day out. But I, I would hope that, you know, like you said, ours would compare in some way, shape or form to that because, you know, they are, you know, super intense. And to know that I am able to, you know, be at that level in the training session. And also, like you said, the you know the nutritionists that we're meeting with the the program that we're going over you know everything that we're doing you know that I'm able to keep up with that and also you know enjoy it and continue to you know really implement it and use it you know makes me makes me feel good makes me feel like I'm growing makes me feel like like you said maybe in a way I'm you know getting ready when uh, I noticed on Instagram uh, when this is how I kind of I take some solace in the fact that the team is 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 pretty close, even if you guys don't all hang out all the time together. But when somebody posts on Instagram, the comments are usually are always littered with comments from the other guys on the team, yourself included. Uh, so amongst you, Kevin and Moses, whose Instagram game do you look at of the other guys in the team and go, that guy's got to step up his game. Now, not a guy who isn't on Instagram. I'm talking about a guy who is on Instagram but doesn't do Instagram the right way. I would say, I mean, I think all of our teammates, you know, do Instagram the right way. I don't think there really is a, a right or wrong way to do Instagram necessarily. But I think one guy that we always, you know, like to, like to clown on a little bit, or not clown on, but just kind of, you know, send each other their posts is, is Chris Sykes because he's always got, you know, either the dad jokes on there yes. or he's got, you know, something something funny about his kids or, you know, you know, one of the above. Just just funny stuff that we usually send each other and just because we obviously can't even relate to it in any way. Right. And because it's just the, the age difference, you know, some stuff we find, you know, I guess we can relate to, but most of it is, you know, all, you know, dad stuff, you know, older, older, you know, things that have to do with children, you know, all that stuff. You know, Sites' so Instagram know. is is the Instagram of a 50-year-old guy, not even a guy <laughs> in his 30s. Like, it is extremely old man stuff. 
Yeah, he 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 does. He posts some some. Like you hit it on the head. Some fifty year old stuff. <laughs> but I mean, you know, he throws in he throws in a, an occasional you know upper ninety save or an occasional diving save. But then you'll have the you know random you know family post or just you know like you said fifty year old. And he's got so many kids, so that's the other thing. He's got a, it. So it much. takes seven to, seven posts to post all of his kids. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I one, thought one a week. I thought you would you would give a little bit of a ribbing to Russ, who uses his Instagram to uh, to sell stuff. Which I, is it is a proper use of Instagram. Don't get me wrong, but it's a it's an unusual use of a professional soccer player's Instagram. Yeah, we. I can't. Do you remember what it was that that we that I that I said about him about Russ? About him no. Stuff? Yeah, I couldn't. I can't. I, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I think I think just uh, overall broad statement about Russ and Instagram is it's it's just funny. We love <laughs> we love the whole you know Canals will sell your house exactly uh, exactly the, the, the real the realtor thing. We love that so much. I mean, it's just we can't get over it. He is one hundred percent the uh, Wolf of Wall Street of DC United. That guy is always oh, yeah. on that hustle. Oh yeah, hustler. He's on the grind. I want to wrap up talking a little bit about the academy because it's a subject that I uh, like to focus on because um, I'm a longtime supporter of Ajax and their whole thing is youth. Uh, you, much like you, you break into the first team at a young age and then when you're 22, 23, they usually sell you on and then they invest it back in the youth. So I'm taking that experience and I'm I'm really hopeful that that's where DC United is is starting to look in the future. What is your thoughts on the overall health of the DC United Academy today? And before you answer that, I'd like to know kind of what your your kind of involvement or how how closely do you follow the academy uh as a professional player with the first team now? I would say uh, my involvement, and I can definitely speak for all three homegrowns, all, all of our involvement is, honestly, we, we're not involved that much with the Academy. I mean, we send them, you know, uh, a good luck video right. or, a, you know, congratulations video or, you know, some sort of, you know, message like that. Or we usually send them, you know, some sort of message. But as far as, you know, following them, we follow them, you know, very strictly. You know, we're on Instagram. We're on, you know, checking the scores online. Right. On, on Well, there is no DA anymore. Right. So, like, ML, MLS Next, how much do you know about MLS yeah. Next? And what is your, what's your thoughts on that, kind, that league now? Yeah, I, I don't know much about MLS Next. Honestly, no, none of us do. We, we talked about it the other day. We... All I've honestly heard about it is that it's a lot like the DA. It's just, you know, kind of MLS next. I don't know exactly why they got rid of the DA, but I, I really, really, I really liked the DA. All, all three of us did. We thought it was, you know, it's, it, it wasn't Europe, obviously, but it was, it was a really good way to get scouted. Honestly, you know, we got a lot of great players from the day. If you think about it, you know, Alex Mendez, you know, Ulysses Yanez, you know, all these guys, myself, Kevin Perry, all, you know, all these guys from the MLS and, you know, they're coming from the DA. So 
if if MLS Next is anything like that, you know, um, that that would be huge. I, I think it's hilarious, Griff, that you're old manning me right now. You know, back when I was coming up, we had something called the DA. <laughs> now these kids are playing in MLS Next. They don't know what they got here. We had the DA. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can't even, I can't even believe that they got rid of it. Do you know why exactly they got rid of it? I think, I think U.S. Soccer didn't want to fund it anymore, and so if MLS was going to take on the funding of the league, then they, then they were uh, like, well, if we're going to fund it, then we're going to decide what's it going to be called and who's going to be in it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It yeah, all, that makes sense. It all it all is like, along that pathway to pro that you know the the club is very big on and. Look, the just like we started this conversation, the pathway that Chris followed is was was already obsolete by the time you got to the path, and now the path that yeah. you followed is already obsolete for the next 14, 15, yeah. 16 year old. But they all, exactly. Chris ended up in, in Europe, you're ended up with a professional contract and on your way, and that kid is gonna be fine as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, so then Here's my question, and, and, and you can feel free to say you don't know because you kind of preface the whole thing with, I, I, I definitely am supporting the academy, but the day-to-day is a little difficult, obviously, as a professional athlete who also goes to school full-time. In your mind, is the D.C. United Academy healthy? Do, is, is this the start of a, of a conveyor belt the three and now four of you with Jacob Green signing. Is this the start of something, or is this a quote-unquote golden generation for D.C. United? You know, I I honestly can't really comment on that. Uh, yeah, honestly, and that's the thing. If you don't, right if you don't right know, right then you don't know. Yeah, I honestly don't really know because, like I said, all those guys, it kind of cut off at – the which what well, I still call them the O threes, which is funny, or, or with the fifteens, <laughs> because I was the seventeens, and you know they were the fifteens at the time, then they had the nineteens. But I'm all I'm talking about the DC Academy, right? So I'm just you know I, I, all I know is the fifteens. You know Moses, actually Moses was with us, so Jacob and Kevin, and and that whole group. You know which is you know like I said the Jacob and Kevin it was no surprise to me when they got signed you know they were quality with the 15s quality when I played with them on the 17s or the 19s whatever you want to call it but you know lower than that I honestly they 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 trained later it was it was a completely mm. different age group a completely different level honestly you know, we would we would train with the 15s sometimes compete with them you know because they were still you know qual- they were quality players right. you know, they weren't as big and strong but they were still Playing at that level, anything lower than them, they can't play at that. It's too level. young, yeah. They're too, they're too small, yeah. 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 Is again, and this is just me throwing it out because I have no idea, and you probably don't know the answer either. Do you think once the training complex opens up, that'll give you more of a chance to kind of go, okay, my training's over. Before I get out of here, let me just look at the at the at the complex at the over the field and see see what's doing out oh, there with sure. the kids. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I, I, they they've completely moved to Segra now, so I don't really have. You don't any, even see them, no yeah. Way of, of seeing them, yeah. They used to be at you know RFK and where we were right. at the time as well. So it was easy to kind of my first year. I did kind of have that a connection with them a little bit. Is it important to you 
and I'm asking you this because it's important to me, and I just want to know if it's if somebody else cares. Is it important to you to kind of have a a DC United line of homegrowns that come up, sign in their teens, play three, four, five years with the first team, are sold, the profits are invested back in for the next batch of 15 kids to have like an FC Dallas situation, but with more success on the field. Is that important to a, a DC United Academy graduate like yourself? For sure. A hundred percent. I mean, that's obviously, you know, ultimately, you know, where, like I said, I don't want to speak for the other homegrowns or homegrowns in the league, but you know, I want to, you know, play in the champions league. I right. want to get to the highest level I can be. So I have that aspiration for myself. I hundred percent have the aspiration for, you know, the players coming in behind me because I think, you know, as long as you just give them the chance, if you just continue to, you know, give them confidence, play them, you know, give them some sort of chance, if they have the skill and you can see that, if you have, you know, a professional coach or, a you know, whatever it may be, a GM or someone that, that, that knows what they're talking about at the professional level on the, on the, on the staff can see something, you know, in a kid, you know, as long as they continue to, you know, treat them the right way, put them in the right environment, give them the right minutes, you know, it's it's a hundred percent. I wouldn't say a hundred percent. The kids obviously got to do some stuff too, but you know, it's a it's a good chance of it happening. You know, but but you have to. There has to be some sort of, like you said, pathway and chance given from you know the club. You know, in a lot of ways, it's it's like high school where, you know, if if this if this turns into a conveyor belt. 10 years from now, if you're playing in Europe or if you're still at D.C. United and a club legend for the black and red, it's still a source of pride when a 15-year-old or a 16-year-old or a 17-year-old gets signed and you guys are both in that kind of fraternity of, yeah, we're D.C. United Academy graduates. Or you're overseas and you're playing in England and you run across a kid who's playing a Champions League match and he's playing in the Netherlands, but you both went to the D.C. United Academy together. That's that's something. That's that's a bond right there. Definitely, a hundred percent. Yeah, you hit it exactly. You uh, you on your own yet? Or are you still living at home? I'm still living at home. Okay, yeah. so what's I mean, what's I'm what's the timeline, Griffin? Because it's got to be something you're thinking about. Yeah, I think it's it's something I'm thinking about. I wouldn't I wouldn't put a timeline on it yet, just because I honestly, you know, I just bought my car, my first car, and. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I like to, you know, be able to save money, to be able to live at home and, you I know, drive my own car and, you know, honestly, just overall save money. It's it's really good to not have to, you know, I, I hear some of, you know, the stories that, uh, you know, Kamarni Smith and Mike DeShields tell me about, you know, how much they're paying and, you know, stuff like that. And right. it's not outrageous, but, you know, it's it's still money. It's know, money. It's going, money that's still not in your pocket. <laughs> exactly. Well, that could be in your pocket. That could be in your pocket. Fun. How were you getting to practice if you yeah. just got your own car? I was getting to practice from my mom. She she doesn't work, so she was uh, – my dad would go to work in the morning, and she would drive me. Re- up until, like, what, this summer? Up until, yeah, up until the start of this year, honestly. Yeah, I'd say this, this last past summer. That Not is this summer that we're in right now, but this last summer. Yo, can we shout out mom? Because that's amazing. That's awesome. Oh, huge. <laughs> huge shout out to mom. Exactly. 
All right, so like I'm here's what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna in my head because here's the other thing. You're still literally finishing up your senior year of high school right now. So to push you to move out would be really ridiculous because a high school kid wouldn't move out. But here's what I will say. Once the team is fully over at Segra, and you're probably only at Audi Field uh, match days, that's when I think that you'll start thinking to yourself, you know what, maybe if I was a little closer to Segra, that'd be kind of cool. I have my own little spot. But that's the, I wouldn't say that's going to happen until next summer. So I'm going to say next summer we're going to start reading right. about Griffin moving out. I think you're right about that. Okay. I think that, that sounds about right to okay. me. Okay. Well, I look forward to coming to your uh, your housewarming party at your rockin' bachelor pad when you get that next summer, Griff. Oh, 100%. You'll be there. <laughs> it's great talking to you, my friend. Uh, please keep balling out. Keep that swag. And I'm looking for a lot of minutes from you come the fall and through the rest of the summer for DC United, my friend. Yes, sir. You got it. Great talking to you as well. Show information, go to pitchpass.com.